Surround yourself with people who want to see you win. No drama, no complaining, no gossip, just good vibes and positivity. If they are toxic, that doesn't fit into the prescription. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings. As always, I am joined by Ben Bergeron. Every week on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly really matters. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, Ben? Doing great. Really good, really good, Pat. Thanks. Good. I just called you about, Pat. I never call you I know, Pat. Patrick. I know. That was my wow. name pretty much until college. And then I, once you get to college, you're like, you can kind of reaffirm your identity. And I just started having people call me Patrick. So it's been a while. Uh, what we've got this episode, we've got listener questions about taking concrete steps toward a weight loss goal, some simple and effective recovery methods, and transferring what we do in the gym to what we do outside the gym. Our workout, our main chat is uh, this week will be a conversation on how to deal with folks who just don't understand why we make the decisions we do. And we will wrap up with another recommendation or round of recommendations, things we've been enjoying and uh, would love folks to know more about. Let's get right into it with our warm up. We start each episode with your questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. Five factors are how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. Just one more reminder I'm going to keep reminding folks if you would like to get to the top of the queue to get into a future episode with your questions, head to chasingexcellence.email. The link is in the show notes. You'll get on our newsletter and in those newsletters, which go out on Fridays, uh, you'll have a link to uh, get a question in and get the question to the top of our queue. All right. First question is in our move category. It's from Gregory. He says, I'm a 32 year old male standing six foot three and usually weighing around 240 pounds. Recently, I noticed I'd gather, uh, I'd gained weight and reached 260 pounds, prompting my return to CrossFit and triathlon training. While I have multiple goals, my top priorities are reaching a weight below 220 and being able to perform 20 strict pull-ups as gymnastics and skills have always been my weakness in CrossFit. What recommendation, recommendations do you have to help me achieve these goals? Uh, okay. Six, three and six, three, between two forty and two sixty. uh, recommendation is to try out for the NFL. Forget about triathlon, <laughs> forget about CrossFit. Dude, you're a beast. Like that's, that's the ideal inside linebacker. Like my God. Um, I can't imagine that guy like on a bike trying, trying to do a triathlon. Um, yeah, you, well, okay. yeah, you, you know what that feels like. I, I have no, yeah. <laughs> Not going up a hill. Yeah. That'd be like me going up a hill carrying like another person. <laughs> With Heather on your back. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, okay, but to uh this is a this is a really straightforward, easy question. Um, in order to lose weight, there is one diet protocol that's the guaranteed, and it's macros, and that's why it's so popular. Macros might not be the thing that gives you the best health, because it has nothing to do with quality, but it has everything to do with quantity. And your body composition is a factor, it's, it's a result of the quantity. So the easy, it's super simple, do macros. Like do macros and adjust. That's the real thing. Like, um, And you don't even have to hire a coach. Go online and go, this is how much I weigh, this is my activity level, and what should be my starting numbers. And it'll spit it out to you for free. Start there. If you're not losing weight, adjust. That's, that's really, it's that simple. Um, and the way you adjust is you can either adjust total calories down or carbs down. That's really the way to do it. Um, the other way is like just what fits best into your lifestyle and what you're already doing to make it as easy as possible. But the quick, short, easy answer is do macros. You will drop weight faster than doing anything else you could possibly do, including intermittent fasting. Macros is the thing. That's the one. Um, okay. Then the the more training aspect to this, the more systematic of how do I get to 20 pull-ups? He's on the right track. You drop 20 pounds. There's probably nothing you can do better for, for pull-ups or body weight movements than losing weight. So in addition to that, here's my suggestion. If you're looking to be able to do 20 unbroken pull-ups, you should set up a training protocol. It depends on how fast you want to get this, right? I'm going to give you an aggressive program, which is you're going to double that number and that's your training number, training goal every day. You're going to try to get, no, sorry, not every day. You're going to try to get 40 pull-ups three times a week and you can accomplish them however you want. 
If that's 40 singles, do 40 singles. If that's 40 in a band with sets of five to 10, go do that. If it's 40 unbroken in a band, go do that. But the idea is that you are going to double the amount of your goal, and that's going to be your set number that you want to get three times a week. I would suggest varying it. So day one, you're going to do 40 single pull-ups. Rest as much as you want to in between. The next time, you're going to do four, five, eight. You're going to do eight sets of five. Maybe you need a band for that, and that's cool. That's totally fine. The next day, you're going to do one uh, big set, as big as you can. Maybe you get eight, nine, 10, 11, and then right away, jump into a band and crank out the next 30 in a band. Just like, if you want another variation, do four on the minute for 10 minutes. Like there's infinite number of combinations, especially with that number 40. Good job. Um, But the idea is um, three times a week, double the goal number, break it up however you want to. Does it matter at all if in the regular course of his gym's programming, they're doing some pull-ups in the day? At, do that anyways? Do it on the other days? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of left that out because that's <laughs> – I'm, 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 there's always that, right? Yeah. Um, and that does add a level of complexity to it. So if he's going to do CrossFit training, nice to know when pull-ups are going to be showing up in the regular workout so you don't overload them. Um, but my goal, then the second, maybe one B answer to that would be the workout, the pull-ups you do in the workout count towards that. Do the extra. If you need to do extra on the same day, you're doing them in class. So you get a chance to stress and recover, stress and recover. If you can ask your coaches, what days of this week you're going to be doing pull-ups Totally a fair question. Every coach should be able to answer that for you um, just so you can set up the training around those days. Next question is in our recover bucket. It's from Andrew. Andrew, just one more reminder, got on uh, up to the top of the queue by being on the newsletter list and clicking through. Look at Andrew. Thank you to Andrew for that. Uh, This is his question. I'm looking for a few simple action items to improve my recovery. Despite being 40 years old and paying attention to all five factors of health, adjusting workouts to fit me, not always going too hard and regularly warming up and cooling down, I often feel like I need more rest days than most. Working out five to six days a week seems to be excessive for me. While I don't have access to specialized recovery equipment or a lot of time to dedicate to it, I recognize its importance and want to put uh, and want to make some improvements. Additionally, if better recovery allows me to have more fun outside the gym and take on one or two more classes a week, that'd be great. Can you provide simple recovery suggestions that require little to no equipment? Awesome question, Andrew, and I love it. Show, showing up five, six days a week, paying attention to the five factors, not going too hard, but still feel a little beat up in five or six days is a little bit too much. What's the suggestion? The suggestion is not any specific tools or any protocols. The suggestion is it's you already answered it in your question. You're just not doing it. I, 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 you're paying attention to it. You're not really doing it. Now, the first place we go to is actually the training. So you're saying five or six days a week, but you're not able to recover to be able to go five or six days a week. That means when you're going, you're going too hard. I'm assuming that when he says he's paying attention to the other five factors, that means he's eating whole foods and plenty of calories. He's fully hydrating. He's sleeping at least lights out to lights on needs to be eight plus hours. So ideally you're getting eight hours of sleep or more that you have a really good work life balance with low stress and you don't have any toxic relationships and you fall asleep within 10 minutes when your head hits the pillow, your head doesn't spin. Those are the good indicators that you're saying paying attention to the other stuff. So if you truly are doing that, Andrew, and I believe that you are, I really do. Um, then the, it actually becomes you're doing too much when you go to the gym. That's the real thing. And if we think about working out as medicine, like medicine, so medicine's great for the people that need it. Working out is great for everybody because everybody needs it. What's not great with medicine, like my mom went through chemotherapy. What's not great with chemo is skipping two or three sessions and then overloading two or three sessions or overdosing the chemo. So you have to skip some sessions. You need the appropriate dose consistently. 
That's what this comes down to. And it's it's one of the things that's re, it takes a long time for this to kind of flip for people, but it's been a big topic of our conversation over the last year or so is when you're doing CrossFit, if you're doing it in a gym with high energy and a lot of hard chargers and really potent programming like comp train is, I know you don't need to work hard. It's not the, it's, that's not the thing. And we talked about this before. If you're going to the Globo gym, sitting on a recumbent bike and flipping open people magazine, you need to work harder. That's the thing. And that is why so many people talk about intensity and hard work and all that stuff. Cause they're talking to the 95% of the people out there. Andrew is not the 95%. He's the 5% that's working definitely, definitely hard enough. He's working too hard because what we need to do is take your medicine every day, not by mistake, take two or three days worth of medicine and getting quote sick or needing longer recovery time in between. The idea is protocol number one, step one of the recipe of the prescription is train five or six days a week. Full stop until we are there. We don't need to, the conversation doesn't even need to be about eight hours of sleep. It's this, it's this. I actually don't believe the conversation should be about whole foods. It should be this. We need you training five or six days a week. Then we can, that's step one. Step two is then eat real foods. Step three is eight hours sleep. Step four is be curious, not judgmental, have the right mindset. Step five is surround yourself with people that want to see you win. No gossip, no drama, no complaining, just good vibes and positivity. That's the, re- that's the recipe. So step one, five or six days a week. If you can't go five or six days a week because you're beat up, you're doing too much. Now we can get into like, I don't, I'm trying to stay away from like the extra science of like the stimulus adaptation um, recovery response cycle. It's like, you don't need to know that to just know if you can't go tomorrow, you went too hard today. All right. Last question we've got in our warm up is from Amy. It's in our think category. She says, I've been doing CrossFit for about three years, usually attending the gym five or six days a week. I've noticed that while I can physically perform all the exercises written on the whiteboard, uh, often with modifications, I struggle with similar tasks outside the gym. Is this a mindset issue? I feel like I lack the same motivation and drive to perform outside of the gym as I do during my workouts. Although I feel the mental benefits of CrossFit and other aspects of life, if I do this, I can do anything. The physical gains don't seem to carry over. Any thoughts on this? Uh... What's your take? What do you, what do you think her question is here? Um, so I hear it as like, when I get in the gym, I can work really hard and do clean and jerks and lift a lot of weight. And I want to go, I have no problem like pushing myself when I get outside the gym and it's time to, um, do the chores around the house or have energy with someone else. I don't have it. Is that? Yeah. I, I, similar to that. I think what I read into it, it, the the first thing that pops in mind is like a, a plyo box, right? Where if, um, where even though, even if it makes me nervous, I still try to get the, the, the box jumps if it's, you know, if it's in the middle of a workout, but things outside the gym, I'm hesitant or I'm nervous about trying something, pushing myself to try something, doing something that might be right at the edge of my ability or my confidence level. That's kind of what I took from it. I don't think it's a mindset issue. I think it's an, I think it's an environment issue. When you're in the gym, you, you, it's like, if the question is, what do I need to change about my mindset to have the same level of motivation outside the gym as inside the gym? You're not going to, that's why you go to the gym. Like that's, I don't expect anyone to perform outside the gym the way they do inside the gym. Inside the gym is the training thing. Now, what I would expect you to do is when it really matters, that when it really matters, you should be able to flip into gym mode. And what do I mean by that? Hopefully it never happens to us, honestly. But when it really matters is when your house is burning down and your dog is on in the bedroom upstairs and you got to run up the stairs and carry your St. Bernard down the stairs. Like, I hope you flip into game mode. And I think you will because the true motivation is there. But if it is a matter of like, Hey, when I'm in the gym, I'm a go getter and I can, 
you know, do, you know, I can, I can do, I can get a score of 30 on fortitude. Like you know, I'm super fit and I work really hard, but when I get around the house and it's time to clean up the garage, you know, I'm kind of like, don't have all that level of motivation. I think you're a human being. Like, like you have set goals surrounded by people that are doing the same things with real good uh, visualization of what's at the end of that thing. There's a lot of dopamine. There's a lot of epinephrine. There's a lot of, um, uh, um, you know, runner's high, oxygen, all that stuff that's coming from this endeavor. The stuff around the house, uh, we're not supposed to. Now, it's not a matter of like an excuse to not do it. This is what self-discipline is. Self-discipline is doing the things you don't want to do anyway, like, like, like you want to do them and then doing the, here's another cool one. It's also doing the things you don't want it. It's doing the things you don't want to do. Like you want to do them and doing things you do want to do, uh, or not doing the things you do want to do. Case in point, I want to sleep in. Okay. Self-discipline is getting up out of bed. I want to have dessert. Self-discipline is saying no to the dessert. Like this is an excuse to kind of like not do the things outside the gym, but it's recognizing that even though you don't have that outside motivation, which the gym provides, you still got to do these things. All right. One more time. Get on the, uh, the old, the new newsletter, the new newsletter, Chasing Excellence email. Link is in the bio. Uh, and you can get to the top of the queue for a future episode. You can, of course, still find me on Instagram, P.S. Cummings, drop me a DM, uh, and I'll also get it to the list. You'll just get to the bottom of the list. So I don't know why you'd want to do that. Um, we're going to be into, we're going to jump into our workout here in a minute. First, a quick word of thanks to a few sponsors. We're brought to you this week by Neurohacker. Are you looking for a way to resist aging at the cellular level and enhance your overall well-being? Look no further than Qualia Senolytic from Neurohacker. Visit neurohacker.com slash excellence, get $100 off your purchase, and if you use the code excellence at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off. Imagine feeling 15 years younger in just a matter of months. That is the goal of Qualia Senolytic. It contains science-backed ingredients known as senolytics, which target and remove senescent cells in your body. These cells are often referred to as zombie cells because they no longer serve a useful function and can hinder your health and vitality. By taking Qualia Senolytic for just two days a month, you can experience a range of benefits, including saying goodbye to aches, pains, and slow workout recoveries. What sets Neurohacker apart from other brands is its commitment to transparency and scientific rigor. Their formulas are created by top scientists, MDs, and NDs, with each ingredient backed by extensive research. Thousands of real life-changing reviews over six years and counting speak to the powerful results of Qualia products. If you're ready to take control of your aging process and unleash your full potential, visit neurohacker.com excellence to get $100 off your purchase. Use the code excellence at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com excellence. We're also brought to you this week by Chirp. If you're tired of dealing with back pain and muscle aches, listen up. Introducing Chirp, the brand that's revolutionizing pain relief and muscle recovery. Go to gochirp.com, use the code excellence to save yourself 10% off your order. Chirp offers a range of simple and effective tools designed to help you feel good so you can do more of the things you love. Whether you're looking to reduce muscle soreness, relieve pain and discomfort, or improve mobility and flexibility, Chirp has got you covered. Ben, one of the things I like about Chirp is that it's one of the few uh, partners that we've had here on the brand on the podcast that uh, I reached out to first. <laughs> I had some I had some neck and shoulder stuff going on, gosh, probably three or four months ago, and I saw our mutual friend Cole uh, uh, talked about Chirp, and I was like, Hey, Cole, can you connect me with the the folks at Chirp? And I bought I bought some of their products. I reached out to them after that, and I said, Hey, we'd love to have you partner uh, with us on the show. So I'm really excited that they did. And one of the products uh, that I just started using, you and I were just talking about this. We just got them. Uh, it's called the Chirp RPM, a rolling percussive massager that combines the power of percussive massage and rolling techniques. With its wide uh, wide massage area and adjustable speeds, the RPM is perfect for flushing out tension in large muscle groups and promoting full body recovery. Chirp is offering an exclusive deal for our listeners. Head to gochirp.com. Use the code excellence at checkout. For 10% off your first order, that's gochirp.com. And don't forget to use the code excellence for your special discount. All right. 
We have a question from a listener. His name is Tyler. And this is what he would love us to talk through. As my wife and I strive to make decisions that align with our values and family, we've been facing increased tension and friction from certain family members who disagree with our choices. During a recent family vacation, my wife and I were treated with disdain and labeled as antisocial because we opted to explore, uh, explore nature and play outside with our son during the day instead of engaging in small talk indoors with extended family. Similarly, while others stayed up late drinking and playing cards, we chose to stay sober and go to bed early to prioritize activities like breath work and working out before starting another day of parenting a toddler. While cutting these toxic individuals out of our lives may seem like a simple solution, it is unfortunately not feasible due to the criticism coming from my wife's parents and sisters. Therefore, I believe part of the solution lies in better explaining why we choose to live our lives the way we do. My first question, how can we effectively manage these difficult conversations to explain our lifestyle choices to individuals who lead drastically different lives and consequently have drastically different perspectives? Additionally, I would appreciate any suggestions for alternative solutions we should consider. So I've got some follow-ups, but I'd love your just kind of your initial reaction on the the overall question. I I, I I see it as two sides, and I don't know which is the thing. Um, the first one is is does the discussion need does the conversation need to be about how to have these conversations? Or is it um, we need to modify our own behavior to actually fit into the group better? So let's do the first one first, uh, or the second one first, um, which is I totally get not wanting to stay up late, not need not wanting to drink. Um, the idea that I want to be primed and I value health and I want to be outside and I want to have energy and be present raising our toddler. There also is the part that you're a part of a family and part of being a part of any group is not necessarily doing everything your way. And we need to understand that a little give and take here and there goes a long way. And I think it would make sense to figure out where the boundaries are because if I was with somebody and I am, I live and breathe this stuff and feel it's the most important thing that we have in our lives is to take care of our health. If I was with somebody and we were at a family gathering and they didn't come inside to have conversations with us and only were outside playing with their toddler, that is antisocial to me. And I would, I would encourage them to pick their battles, not try to win every single battle they possibly can, but pick the battle so you can win the war. Because you're going to end up losing the war if you try to win every single battle. Like you can't just win all, all of it. My suggestion would be, I'm not going to, I don't need to drink and I don't need to stay up all night playing cards, but I can sit around a table and do small talk. Like that's, that's, that's a part of socializing. It's a part of being a part of life. And then I'll go out and I'll spend my five to 10 minutes here or there. Or if I'm there for a full day, I'll go out and spend 45 minutes, an hour kicking the soccer ball in the backyard with the kids. But it's important that um, it's not all my way or the highway. There has to be some give and take in every group dynamic, especially a family. So I would challenge the, um, these people are toxic. Um, and try to get a good grasp of what we mean by that. Now, if the talk when they're talking is toxic, where it's drama and complaining and negativity and ripping people apart and backstabbing, that's completely different. But that's not what I heard. I heard small talk. Talk about the weather, talk about the, the local sporting events, talk about some light politics, talk about uh, you know grandpa's um, failing health issues, like, cool. Like we, that's, that's, that's what we should be doing at family gatherings. So that would be the first side. The second side is, nope, I want them to understand. I do feel like what we're doing is balanced. I do feel like we're trying. I do feel like we're finding a happy medium, but they still don't understand. Like when we go to bed, er like they're calling us out for going to bed earlier, not drinking. That to me is a little bit different where you go and you have the conversation really seeking understanding from like, you're trying to understand them, like not trying to get them to understand you. 
you know, there's not a right or a wrong here, in my opinion. I think it's a matter of what, you know, people value, people enjoy, people think certain parts of life is uh, important and not everyone's going to agree on that. And you guys really enjoy the late night thing and the playing cards and drinking. And I get it. That is a, that seems really fun for you guys. It seems really, really fun. That's not what I find value in. I find value in health and nature and um, really taking care of myself. So when you guys stay up late at night, just I hope that um, you understand where I'm coming from when I turn in at you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Now, if you're going to bed at 7.45 during a family gathering when everyone's just like, we have to we have to understand where obsession kind of um, falls in with reality, and we've talked about this before. Where the eighty twenty percent is, y- you can do those things all the time when you're in your bubble, in your household, and you're in control. I feel like there is a level of give that we should be willing to succumb to to allow the 20% for a balanced life. The last thing I would say is it's impossible to cut people out of your life without criticism. So if that actually is the thing, like, no, these people are toxic. I, I, I said it in an earlier part of like my prescription. Surround yourself with people who want to see you win. No drama, no complaining, no gossip, just good vibes and positivity. If they are toxic... That doesn't fit into the prescription, but let's understand what toxic is. Is it because they stay up late at night drinking? I don't see that as toxic necessarily, but that's for each person to decide on their own. Um, You mentioned the word obsession. And I think that that was one of the things I was thinking about with this question, which is where do you draw the line or where can we draw the line between like uh, being obsessed, which when I hear that word and I say, there's sort of, it's a bit pejorative to me. Like obsession generally is not something I think of as, necessarily a good thing, but we are in the, in a community of like, we came up in a movement of very much could be <laughs> categorized as like, you people are obsessed with this. And so I say that coming out of that context, which is like, where is the obsession on health beneficial to us? And where does it perhaps in Tyler's case, maybe getting in the way a little bit where, where, you know, to your point about the 80, 20, like it's really easy to obsess and forget that there's a difference between obsession and maybe we can use the word compliance, something we talk about here a lot recently, this five to six days a week. Like that to me is compliance. That's not obsession, but it's easy to tip over to obsession. Yeah, I would, uh, compliance is one, I would put something maybe in between compliance and obsession and call it passion. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think compliance is like, okay, I'll do that. It's just like, Checking boxes. Yep, this okay. is the things I need. I I know I need to do. That's compliant. Passion is like I enjoy this. I get fulfillment out of this. It's a thing that I think fits really well in my life. I look forward to this. I like what this does for me. Obsession is this at all cost, and the this really needs to be singular, because here's a, another definition which I think I got from Brandon Bouchard is um, passion. People cheer you on for passion. Like, I'm so happy that you found something that you enjoy, Patrick. This podcast thing seems like really awesome. And I'm so happy for you that you found um, able to uh, bring up your passion to your work. That's passion. Obsession is when people are scared for you. They're, 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 They're concerned. Like, Patrick, you and this podcast thing, it's absorbing you. This thing is, it's... Um, it's, it's too much. Like you have to, like, there's other things in this world. Here's the, my take on these. If you want to be the best in the world at something, you need to be obsessed. So the Kobe Bryant's, the Tom Brady's and the Michael Jordan's are obsessed. They are fully obsessed and absorbed and singularly focused on that endeavor. And because of that, they can be the one. I've trained and worked with people that have become the one. And I can say firsthand, it was obsession. When it becomes a passion, you're probably not going to be the one because somebody else is obsessed. And they're going to they're they're move ahead of you. 
Now, I, for the evolution of this conversation, believe passion is way better than obsession because a singular thing is dangerous. It's dangerous for, it's multifactorial, and we've talked about these a lot in different conversations, but some of those things are, when it goes away, what are you left with? Because that was your identity. And it's really challenging for obsessed people to make a switch because it was their full identity. When you get the thing you were searching for, the wins, the applause, the accolades, whatever that might be, and you realize that happiness does not come along with that, that's a dangerous place to be. The things that you burn along the way to get to that thing is a dangerous thing. I would much rather have people create a little bit more of a balanced approach and have, because you can be passionate about multiple things. I'm passionate about being a dad. I'm passionate as an entrepreneur. I'm passionate as a coach. And I'm passionate about my health and fitness and the relationships I have and the ability to share this. Like I'm, I'm passionate about this. But that's very different than being obsessed. If I'm going to be obsessed about something, there is nothing except the path that you're on and any deviation is, uh, is, is essentially falling off the tracks, much like our friend Tyler. So this might be a, a level of obsession. Like if I can't get my breath work in today, um, like I'm, I'm, who am I? Like, what am I doing? If I can't be out in nature today, um, what does this mean? And I'm not saying this is Tyler because I don't know. And Tyler sounds like a, like a guy I would want to hang out with, honestly. Right. Yep. But, but and he's asking the right questions. And, but we just have to be aware of this stuff, of when is it tipping over? Because as we get passionate about something, it can lead it because it feels so good. Like when I started doing breath work and I did breath work for 300 days one year and there was times that like, I need to get this in, but like, cool. As long as we're not um, so laser visioned on it, we don't see the other things that we're sacrificing. How do you, like, I love, I love this conversation and I think it's really, uh, it's an interesting one and one we've talked a, around a little bit. But I, I think my my one question or my question now would be this conversation that we're having, this broader conversation about health and about balance uh, and about chasing what truly matters. Like we, we've said a lot that health is not like it, it, the, the purpose of the gym is not to get necessarily to get better at the gym. It's not to the, the purpose of eating healthy foods is not to be, be a person who <laughs> eats healthy food. It's like, it's so that we can fill ourselves up and so that we can serve others in the way that we can serve others. And so I think back to the early days of CrossFit, like to like, I won't speak for you, but I, I would assume like both of us were obsessed with it at some point in the, you know, in 2005 and 2006. And it definitely tipped over from passion to obsession. Like I remember, conver I remember moments similar to Tyler where it's like, sorry guys, I have to go to bed because tomorrow morning I have to get to the gym. Like I remember making decisions like that when now 10 years later, 15 years later, like I can see like, well, that was, that was pretty short sighted. But at the time it felt like the obsession was a good thing. So all of that to say, like this conversation that we're having around the five factors, it almost strikes me that any one of those, when they tip into obsession, you've, you've lost the script. These, these five factors, this pursuit that we're, that we're on, that we're talking about this journey needs to live not in compliance and it needs to live not in obsession. It needs to live, we need to make sure it lives in passion. And I think sometimes it tips over. I think they can rather tip over in one or two of these elements because they're fun, because we like them, because we fall into a group of people who also, whatever the reasons are, I think it's really important to, to kind of pull ourselves back and recognize we don't do these things for the sake of these things. We do these things for the sake of something that this allows us to do better or or more fully. I really, I really like that in terms of the the reason that we chase these five factors is so that we become the best versions of ourselves so that we get to our deathbeds and go back and go like, I'm so glad that I, I, I did that because I really believe that if we don't take care of our health, you know, they've done these studies where they ask people on their deathbeds, you know, what's the one thing that you would go back and change and health is always one of the top 10. I wish I'd taken better care of my health and my body. Um, it's always there. 
Um, other ones are, you know, just a tangent this a little bit, but they um, not spend so much time in the office, but also that op- the opposite is also there as well. I wish I had um, really worked hard on things that really matter and built something really cool. Like that's one that shows up a lot is, you know, I, I, I wish I had spent more time working, but it's always on, on things like, that on something that on something that mattered. Exactly. Yeah. Built yep. something cool with people. Like uh, other ones are like, take care of personal finances better. Obviously spend more time with the people that matter. That's the highest one. That's always the highest one. Um, spend more time in self-reflection. Like there's a, those are the things. And that's what we start off this podcast with every week is um, create this awareness and the, the, the strategy, and the frameworks to chase what truly matters. And I think at the end, what truly matters is um, having this level of health, to your point, to be able to serve other people, fill up your cup so much that you have the energy, vitality, and want capacity to be able to help other people in all these different ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever it might be. And what we can get caught up in is as we get passionate about this thing, we feel good about what we're doing. And there's a saying for this um, in med- in, medita- in the people that meditate and spiritual people. And it's you, you end up getting a, because the purpose of meditation is not to become a good meditator, but you end up getting like a spiritual ego where... I want to get really good at this thing. And I want to be able to sit, you know, in a breathless state for, you know, two hours and be, you know, all this. And people, the purpose of creating a spiritual practice or becoming a spiritual being is not to be more spiritual than somebody else. Just like the meditating is to become a better meditator than somebody else. It's to be able to navigate life better. And that's what we're trying to do It's trying to be aware of is our health practice, the things that we do to push the five factors forward. Are we doing that because it makes us feel superior? It makes us feel better than other people that aren't doing this? Or are we doing it really because it's helping us navigate life better? And if when it comes time to share your life with other people, you're not willing to give that little bit up. That should be a level of self. That should be a a trigger for self-reflection. Now, having said all of that, I'm guessing Tyler is probably in his late twenties or early thirties with a toddler. And if I heard this conversation, I would have gone, screw you, Ben. I don't think you're right. And um, a decade later, I would have gone, oh, no, actually, yes. I think that you just need time for this one. I really do. Like, this is one of those things that if you tell a, a, a 25-year-old, they're going to go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But when they're 45, they're going to go and they're going to be espousing the same thing. It's just one of the evolutions of us as people is that, especially in our society where more is more and the farther you get down a path, the better you feel about yourself because you're achieving and you're becoming. I just think that we need enough weeks under our belt to have the perspective to look back on this thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Last thing is uh, uh, something we've talked about before that, and something you said today made me think of it and uh, perhaps an interesting idea or interesting framework. We've talked a lot about the difference between I I um, I have to go to the gym and I get to go to the gym, and so I was thinking about or that popped in my head as you were talking about compliance, uh, passion, and obsession, and something maybe interesting in the far end of it being I have to go to the gym, compliance, I get to go to the gym, passion, and I need to go to the gym, obsession. And again, and people folks push back on this, but to me it feels like this conversation that we're having is. Don't tip too far towards the have to, the compliance. Don't tip too far to the need to, the obsession. We want to live somewhere in that middle, that passion zone of I get to do these things. And as soon as we feel ourselves pushing towards 
I, I, you know, I need to go to bed early so that I can do my 45 minutes of breath work. Sorry, guys. I know we're on a family vacation together. Again, to your point, that might be a trigger to say, okay, a little bit of self-reflection here. Am I tipping too far towards need to obsession? Am I being a little too rigid in my beliefs and I'm losing sight of some other things? Yeah. And then putting that into the the framework of the evolution of this conversation, because if we were to have this conversation uh, a decade ago, Patrick, we would have gone obsession, bro. Like I wrote Mm -hmm. it, like obsession is the thing. Like that's what my thought chasing excellence was in the beginning was be a, a world dominator, like become the one. And you know, that it just evolved and it's not a right or a wrong. It's just a different phase of life. Love it. We'll leave it there. Thank you, Tyler, for the question. One more time, chasingexcellence.email. Get on the list. Get the link to get on uh, to get your question into a future episode. We're going to do a quick recommendation roundup at the uh, in a moment. But first, a quick word of thanks from a few more sponsors. Brought to you this week by Element. If you're looking to boost your energy, improve your exercise, uh, and support your overall health, check out Element. Head to drinkelement.com slash excellence to learn more and get your salt on. Element offers a wide range of electrolyte powders designed to replenish essential minerals and support your body's hydration needs. With their carefully formulated blend of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, Element provides the perfect balance to keep you running at your best. Why are electrolytes so important? They play a crucial role in various aspects of your health. For uh, for instance, electrolytes are essential for cellular respiration, helping convert stored energy into usable energy. They they also contribute to nerve impulse transmission, which can affect your energy levels and overall cognitive function. Athletes can lose significant amounts of sodium during intense workouts, and if not replenished, this can negatively affect your performance. Element offers the much-needed sodium to help you stay at the top of your game. But it's not just about physical performance. Electrolytes also play a role in heart health, brain health, mood regulation, immune function, and hormone balance. Low sodium or potassium levels can have a profound effect on these areas, so ensuring you have adequate electrolyte intake is essential. If you're ready to experience the benefits of Element Electrolyte Drinks for yourself, visit the website drinkelement.com slash excellence to explore their range of delicious flavors and find the perfect fit for your needs. Element is offering a free sample pack with any of your purchases. That's eight single serving packs for free with any Element order. A great way to taste all eight flavors or share with a friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash excellence. The deal is only available through that link. D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash excellence. We are also brought to you this week by OneSkin. You're all about taking care of your health, but what about your skin health? If not, or you want to do it better, check out oneskin.com and use the code excellence at checkout to save yourself 15% on their amazing skincare supplements. OneSkin knows that science is the key when it comes to skincare. They've created products powered by the revolutionary OS01 peptide, which has been scientifically proven to target aged cells, the main cause of skin aging. Their groundbreaking research has actually shown that using their products can reduce the biological age of your skin by several years. Who wouldn't want healthier, more youthful looking skin? The best thing about OneSkin is that their face and body system is super simple. Just two easy steps, hassle-free addition to your wellness routine that can make a real difference. Here's an exclusive offer for you folks out there. You can get 15% off OneSkin when you use the code excellence at oneskin.co. I've been using their products. I'm loving how they make my skin feel. So not only do they tackle the visible signs of aging, they also address the underlying causes, something that most skincare products don't. If you're ready to optimize your skin biology and age gracefully, head over to oneskin.co and use the code excellence for 15% off your order. That's oneskin.co with the code excellence. Take good care of your skin because it's the only one you've got. We've got a quick shout out before we get into our recommendation roundup. Shout out is just when we take a moment to read a note a review, something somebody sent us, a listener, uh, just as a way to say thank you and to encourage you guys to keep reaching out to us because we really do appreciate it. We love seeing it uh, and we love hearing from you. This is from Carla. Uh, this is a note. I think she just sent this directly to you and you forwarded this on to me. She said, Ben, I did it. I got my CrossFit level three. Thanks to your inspiring leadership and chasing excellence. Studying for this w- was easy. I recognized So many practices, thought patterns, and values that have become so ingrained in my own practice as a coach and life as a mother, partner, and friend. Of course, it's also hard work and seven years of coaching CrossFit, but I feel like you've prepped me for this through your work. So thank you. In the process process now of opening my own affiliate, I'm excited for life. I'm happy. I feel confident and capable 
wow, what a great time to be. I agree. Oh what my God. The last part's the best, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Congrats, Carla, on the level three. Congrats on opening your own affiliate, but um, happy to be alive, confident, and That's what right. a great confident time. Confident and be. capable. Love that. That's, I like that. Confident, confident and, capable. and capable. I like that, right? Yes. That's the goal. That's what we're aiming for. All right. Our cool down. Take a moment to uh, just recommend something that we've been enjoying. Uh, something uh, Sometimes we do books, sometimes we do podcasts, sometimes we do products, whatever it might be that we are enjoying. Want me to go first? Go for it. All right, I'll go first. I am going to recommend folks uh, who are not yet premium members of Spotify. This is very specific. The reason being, and I was really excited about this, Spotify just introduced for premium users, which is just their way of this, the, paid, the paid version, you now have, or we now have 15 hours of audiobooks included in that membership. And so Spotify is trying to get into the audiobook market. They're obviously competing against Audible. And I just thought this was like kind of brilliant because I've always like, I like the idea of uh, audiobooks. I never really got into it. I've never really gotten into them, but I use Spotify all day long for everything. So this puts audiobooks right next to the podcast I listen to, right next to the music. So like, it's super easy for me to sort of search through and try to find something to, to listen to. So that's one reason I like it is that it's in a place that I already am. Second reason I really like it is one of the things I didn't like or I don't like about Audible is like, you've got to kind of commit to the whole book before you before you get any of it. And with this one and the way they're doing it with 15 hours, I can I can listen to the first two chapters of a book. I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. I didn't buy the whole book. I didn't, I didn't. And so because of that, you can kind of dabble, you can kind of test in a way that uh, I never really liked about Audible. It was too much pressure for me to be like, what's the one book I'm going to get from Audible this, mo- this month? I hope I like it. Um, and so, yeah, so I just think, I just think it's a cool feature. I just, I just, for me, not, not listening to audiobooks that much, it's just a really low barrier way for me to, to like try out some novels that I might be interested in, try some memoirs, some, some things that maybe are a little bit outside the scope of what I usually read because the, the pressure is low. Cool. Yeah. That's a great call out too with the, the, it allows you the freedom to jump in and out of books. Cause one of the, everybody, if you start a book, you should not feel like you need to finish it. Like yes. that is just, oh my gosh. <laughs> like that's a weird thing that we have ingrained into us. Like I'm not a good person if I yeah. don't finish this thing. Yeah. It's like they they, never they get quit. that into us in high school. <laughs> All right. Like, oh my gosh. No, if you're on chapter three and it's not good, move yeah. on. Like, yep. mm-hmm. so that's a really cool thing. And just, uh, I mean, for other people that aren't into audiobooks, because you know, I, I do a fair amount of them. Um, 15 hours is a great number. Um, because most books are somewhere around eight hours. So that's two books a month. That's, it's gonna be hard to get up against that. Plus if you, and I don't know how this works, I listed at 1.25 speed. Mm. So I kind of like get you through maybe if it's truly hours. Yeah. Like if it was at two speed, can you get through four <laughs> books? <as> many. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's essentially two books, two like beefy books a month, which is, unless you have a crazy long commute, that's hard to get through. One more reason I like it. And I haven't fully gone into this yet because this is only a couple weeks old, but because they know my podcast listening habits, in other words, like they're starting to say, because you like chasing excellence, you may like these books. And so obviously they're building out how those things connect with each other, but just to be able to sort of stack on top. If you, because you like chasing excellence, what are the books that they're recommending? I don't, I don't know. Cause I I haven't, I haven't looked that far yet because it's it's relatively random what they're suggesting at this point. But just thinking about just like, it'd be like iPhones for dummies. (laughs) 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 So they know we're both like technology idiots, like in general, not idiots, but like don't enjoy being on it. And I have an iPhone 10 still and you probably don't even have an iPhone. Yeah. No, I do. I've got an iPhone. Yeah. All right. Your turn. That was mine. Uh, everybody that listens to this should go and watch the movie. Just one mile. It's just one mile. Just one mile. So here's the premise is there is a race in Tennessee in the backwoods that you run a mile. And it's up a huge hill and back down and you have to complete it in 20 minutes. If you complete it in 20 minutes, you have earned the right to do it again. And if you finish the next one in 20 minutes, you have earned the right to do it again. And the race stops when nobody can complete the last 20 minutes. So it's last man standing or last woman standing. And 
I don't think I'm bursting the, I don't think I'm wrecking it by saying that the winners go for way, way north of a hundred miles. So every 20 minutes they're running through the woods up and down this hill and they end up going for days. It's like, it's incredible. So that's, um, but the coolest part I think is the mindset aspect. And there's this guy named Chad, who's kind of been blowing up on social since this. He's a former Navy SEAL. He's the guy that is the reigning champion and people are there to try to beat him. And his mindset is phenomenal. Now he's incredibly um, confident. I'm not going to say arrogant because he's incredibly confident, um, which can be a turnoff. But if you get past that, which looks like arrogance, and you start to listen to what he's actually saying, it is really two things. You need mm, three things. You have to be patient. Don't just don't rush this thing. Be patient. Stay on the process. Just commit to the process. Be patient and be present. And being present, this is what kills people is this is so hard right now. What's this? What's the, it's going to feel like in five miles. Like, am I going to be able to go through the whole thing? My goal was to be able to this, but it's so hard right now. It's like, pull it back to this, what's in front of you right now. Do what you can with what you got right now. But the way the movie leads off is what got me. And I actually showed this to some of my athletes at the games this year. It's him talking to the camera going, if I go up against somebody who pushes me past the point where I thought I could go on my own and that person beats me, but in the process, I grow and evolve as a human being, that's a win for me, man. So that's what he's looking for. It's the true, real definition of competition. There's a reason that competition exists in nature. And it is to evolve species. Through competition, we get stronger. We become better. We learn, grow, and evolve. It's not who gets the medal at the end. It's are you coming out of this better than you went into it? And he fully represents that ethos as well as I've ever seen it shown anywhere else. The next best is John Wooden. Like John Wooden is the next best I've seen, which is the famous UCLA UCLA basketball coach, which was all about that. And then seeing that pan out through the movie, this I'm here to be pushed to learn and grow. And I'm going to stay patient and present is just such a cool lesson for all of us. And it's um, it's captivating. I really recommend everyone goes checks out Just One Mile. It's on iTunes or the iStore, however you say that. How do you even say it? Is mm-hmm. it the iStore? Yeah, it's iStore? Still iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, yeah, iTunes. iTunes, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's <laughs> right, in awesome. the computer. It's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you get it up, but it's in there somewhere. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. I look forward to it. Thank you everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Thank you for your questions. Head to chasingexcellence.email. Get on the newsletter list. Get a question to the top of the queue. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence.